Welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, where each week we find ways to gently rebel against the nonsense that overwhelm and exhaustion are just the price you pay to have the life you want. Hello, welcome to the final instalment for November of the Gentle Rebel Way of Getting Things Done. So the purpose of this has been to explore how we can get things done efficiently without getting sucked back into or sucked further into wherever you are on your gentle rebellion against overwhelm and exhaustion. So trying to get things done efficiently without adding to overwhelm, without pushing ourselves so hard that we end up snappy, achy, grumpy, brain fogged, unable to hear anybody. And then we just lose that lovely ability to switch off, have fun, relax, laugh and be ourselves. So this isn't a heavily scripted podcast. If you've been around here for a while, I'm sure you're aware of that. It's just me exploring my gentle rebellion, my client's gentle rebellion, the idea of a gentle rebellion, inviting you in into this world where we just say, yeah, everybody else is pushing through overwhelm and exhaustion, but it's not working for me. So I want a way to do things differently. And this isn't about a set way of doing things. I think this is really important. I don't have written down the like steps that you take personally and that will sort you out. What I have is as a teacher, I have tools that I've developed for myself and with my clients and particularly inside Get Your Life Back, um, my group program, which is a really systematic way of doing this work, of, of pulling it all together. So it just builds very gently week by week until you're just practicing tiny tools that really do make a big difference in your life and then consistently coming back to that when you forget because it's a gentle process it's not a i must stick to this one right way of doing it or disaster will happen no it's about fundamentally the gentle rebellion and everything i teach is about coming home to yourself about being yourself about finding your way of doing things because i fundamentally believe that you have we all have inside us the way to live our life in the most fulfilling and easy and fun and lovely way possible, but that it's blocked by this constant overusing of the mind, overloading the mind, which results in this very serious overwhelm, which isn't taken seriously, which is why I always start with the overwhelm. Make overwhelm optional for you. And from there, you will uncover, you will uncover the easier path or the path of least resistance, whatever you want to call it, the gentle rebels way. So this month of November 2022, you might be listening to this way in the future because I know people do go back to previous episodes quite a lot. It doesn't matter when it is. I happen to do it in November because that's when it came to me to pull all this together. And also because autumn for me is a time of um, decluttering, letting go, examining what I'm up to, how can I, how can I do, how can I have more time and energy for the things I love doing and light me up and energize me? And what, what am I ready to let go of? So for me, it's a, it's a constant thing of noticing, am I getting sucked back into survival? Because that's what that overwhelm is, isn't it? I must do all of these things in order to be okay, in order to feel satisfied, in order to make enough money, in order, in order to keep everybody happy, in order to keep fit, in order to maintain every machine in the house that's supposed to make my life easier. And it's, it, that's survival mode. And that's why we get 
constantly tricked into fear and anxiety and panic over, I have to get this stuff done. And we just can't see that we're now in a tunnel and all we're doing is getting stuff done. So the idea of this month has been to say, okay, how can we get stuff done? Because we still want to get stuff done. And there there are still things that I'm never going to say you have to do because I, I think it, I think one of the most powerful questions we can ask is, do I have to do it really? Because the pressure of, oh, I have to do that is so immense and can be so heavy and time consuming that just gently rebelling going, mm, what would happen if I didn't do that? And, you know, it might not be a good idea. Only you know. Um, but it's it's a great question to ask. What would happen if I did nothing today is one of my favourite things to play with. What what would really happen if I did nothing today? Just imagine it. What would happen if I did nothing today? Or do I really have to do that? Or could I do it differently is, is, a, is a really nice question. So once you've decided <clears throat> there are things that you really want to get done, because life is about doing, life is about living. It's not about, well, for me, it's not about sitting around and hoping everything's okay. It's very much about saying, yeah, I really feel called to do that. I really want to do that or whatever it is, doing it because it lights me up. Even the things that you could say, well, that's really boring. So often I notice for me, this kind of pressure that that if I was really good at and I'm kind of that's in inverted commas because that's such a judgment. If I was better at or really good at organising my life, then I wouldn't do any of the boring things like cleaning the house or I don't know, those kind of things. But actually, I don't believe that's true because it doesn't matter. So often for me, there's this um, image of a successful person who doesn't do those things. They they employ somebody else to do certain things. It's very, very common in the online entrepreneurial world that you don't do certain things. You pay somebody else to do them. Um, and that's not the point, is it? The point is, what do you want to do? What takes pressure off you? What lights you up? Um, and more importantly, why are we all trying to do all of the things all of the time? and just putting up with overwhelm and immense pressure to just spend all of our time and energy getting stuff done. So this gentle rebellion of November has been not stop getting stuff done, but focus on identifying how you want to do the things that you really want to do. That's the gentle rebel way. What is important to you right now at this point in your life, at this season in your life, at this time of the month or the week or the day? What works for you? And only you know that. Nobody can tell you. You can read, I did, read all the productivity books, watch all the TED Talks and go, oh, yes, well, a miracle morning or I don't know. I actually haven't read the miracle morning one. But, you know, when I was trying to to prevent myself burning out and get more stuff done and I just got better at getting more stuff done, so I burnt out, um, I did read a lot of things about productivity and how to get stuff done and this whole, you must do this in the morning and you must do this and you must do that and it's better to do this at this time of day and you ought to be doing it this way and you don't need to do that. And It's very bossy. And I would take things that work for me, try them, you know, I'd try stuff out. I'm always open to trying stuff out. And then I'd let go of certain things. And that's that was my messy way of finding ways to do things. But what was missing for me was that, you know, I'd been a single working mum. So I was pretty good at holding stuff together and getting stuff done. But it wasn't particularly healthy when I took the, that ability to just get stuff done and get on with things into an education system where 
really they're quite happy for you to burn out i have to be honest it, it's so common it's still going on um somebody i know at the moment's leaving because of the burnout and the pressure and the ridiculousness so you know and it's it's everywhere isn't it it's an endemic thing that that we just don't really appreciate um the idea that people are really valuable and that there's better ways that we could set up working life so that people could be even more productive but much much happier and healthier and i do believe that's true um but i'm no longer interested in working in in education or anywhere to sort that out i'm just not it's just not my it's not what i'm excited about at the moment but i am really interested in helping you work out a way to manage the overwhelm of getting things done so that's what we've been up to this month and this is the final episode in that series i hope you've enjoyed it um where i'm going to discuss my journey with it and give you the ways that I do things, not so that you can do it that way, but so you can see my reasoning and what I use and and just take away from it what you want. I think stories are really, I love hearing people's stories, so I'm going to share some of mine today. But before we get started, just wanted to do a little update about what I've been up to because I've had such a nice weekend. So it's nice to share that. I know, I know quite a lot of you enjoy hearing what I've been up to. So um, this weekend, I um, had a very important close friend come today, which is just lovely. Even if we didn't do anything, it's just lovely when that happens, isn't it? Um, and we, four of us went on and we had a team to go and find Alice, which is one of these games where um, you sign up and they put clues and um, hundreds of people went to one city and we all, there were all these teams going around. Um, and we, we, we kind of wanted to dress up, but didn't want to dress up. So what we did is on the Friday night, and this was just so much fun as well, we made playing cards that we then tied on the front and back, but they weren't huge. So we didn't stand out too sillyly if nobody else had dressed up, but it was fun doing that. And the actual making of the cards was so nice. We had mulled wine and we were just chatting and just drawing hearts and spades and getting it wrong and doing it again and then I loved I really enjoyed the coloring in the actual painting I just found it really nice fun hadn't done anything crafty for a while like that um so that was that was just a really good start and then we rushed off in the morning early thinking oh it could take all day but it didn't so next time I do anything like that I should just probably have a slower morning I'm a big fan of slow mornings but anyway it was fine because we managed to park and everything so that was good anyway so then you just have this there's this game and you have to find Alice and it, it's just fun I mean some of the clues were really hard I was really proud because I got some stuff right that in the past, I think I just wouldn't have got right. So I don't know what that was about. I guess there's a side effect of my gentle rebellion. My mind is clearer. Um, and I accidentally was the leader because I was the one who signed up for it, which meant that my phone picked up things. So it was me who had to be in certain places to pick up clues and the rest could just stand still. So I was like running around excitedly going, I've got it while well, they just stood there and then they worked out the harder clues. So anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but it was a huge amount of fun because it was playing. And I think playing is so important. So it was laughing and playing and, and solving of funny clues. And oh, it's just fun. When was the last time you did something like that? Just fun. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. And then we had curry and chocolate and played banana grams when we get home, got home and chatted. And that just makes me happy. 
And then on Sunday, we obviously had a lovely, lovely slow morning with cups of tea and chatting, catching up, and then um, a lovely roast dinner. We always have roast dinner on a Sunday. I really love that tradition. And then we went to an advent, an advent so like four weeks before Christmas, um, service where in this big, beautiful big cathedral, they put all of the lights off and everybody has to switch off their phones. So I don't know how many people, probably, I don't know, a couple of thousand. I don't know how many fit inside this cathedral. But anyway, lots of people, all silent with no light. How often does that happen? Not often. Beautiful. Just that and the silence and, and the stillness and the darkness. And, oh, so magical. And then the choir start lighting 1300 candles while singing choral music and doing a procession. Oh my goodness. It's so magical. I've got goosebumps telling you about it now. It's so special. And I'm so grateful because obviously for the last couple of years, it's not been very easy to do those things. And I just was really grateful that people could come together, that we could have community and tradition and these very old songs and candlelight's so special isn't it it's magical absolutely magical loved it obviously had um, mulled wine in the queue so yeah christmas i think has started we have in this house we have watched one christmas film already really good something about christmas at the castle it's on netflix we've got netflix for three months for christmas and oh my goodness so much fun um and then i discovered that my partner secretly is already subscribe to Hallmark for Christmas and not told me, which I think means he's been somewhere and secretly watching Christmas movies because I said we can't start them till December. So I thought I was being really soft by saying we could start them a few days ago. Turns out he's already been doing it. So anyway, one of my clients has already watched all of the Hallmark Christmas movies, which I just think is brilliant. Anyway, Christmas is starting to come. I love that feeling and I'm just grateful that we can we can come together with with other people this year it's just so special so important and so lovely and I just love the tradition and the singing and the candles and it was just magical so anyway that was my weekend I just thought I'd share that with you because it was definitely unexpectedly lovely definitely and another bit of news um my book is selling well and getting lovely lovely reviews um, so go and check that out. There's, um, you can just go to Amazon, Google Heidi Mark, Overwhelm is optional, or you can click the link in the show notes below this episode. Um, and also, I think I mentioned it on last week's episode that I have had this long-standing problem of being able to find journals that I really like the feel of. I'm happy to scribble in and then happy to burn because I don't want to be, I find it really hard to burn a beautiful, a beautiful journal that's hardback. Um, it just, it's just, I find that quite difficult. So whenever I'm given or buy a beautiful hardback journal, I tend to keep that for quotes and things that I want to keep. But I really wanted something I do, obviously do a lot of messy journaling and I wanted something that served that purpose. So I've created my own and the first one is up and going. It's got my beautiful dog nutmeg on the front and it's called the Unexpectedly Lovely Journal. And that's now available in two sizes on Amazon. Why? Because I'm quite fussy about these things. So one of them's kind of roughly A4 size 
which is a larger size. And I like a larger size when I'm doing more long term journaling, like messing about with kind of projects and dreams. And and that one will take longer to fill up. But it's it's like just splurging. And then I like to have an A5 one by my bed, which is my morning and evening journaling, my day to day, um, closing the day and, and committing to myself every morning. So I've created both, obviously. Um, and they have more pages than usual because I don't like it when you only get 80 pages. It drives me mad. So I think it's 150 in the larger one and 180 in the smaller one, which feels right to me. So they're there for you. Go get them. Go enjoy if you have trouble getting journals or if you'd like mine. And it's the Unexpectedly Lovely journal because I've put a reminder to always expect the Unexpectedly Lovely on each page just for that beautiful sinking in repetition remember 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 there's an easier way for you so i'm going to create some more because it's fun and i think it's i believe they're going to be really helpful i'd love to know if you get one and if you find it helpful if you've got any suggestions send them to me because i now have discovered how to make these beautiful things and it's been such a long-term plan so woohoo so that's something i got done last week actually in the end very quickly by using the focus that i've been discussing this month and the methods that i'm going to go through today so let's do it. So if you caught the episode with Miles um, a couple of weeks back, he's a professional GTD coach and trainer. And um, I went through his coaching with him for setting up GTD specifically for myself. But as you will, may have noticed in the episode, he actually reflects on that and says that I had most of it there already. So I just want to talk about that. So what I'd done is... Um, as a single working mum, I'd had to find ways of, you know, just getting the important things done in order to survive because it was bonkers. Um, and then in when I was teaching, because I was so overloaded, I'd studied lots of different productivity hacks and brought them together. And I was very, very good at compartmentalizing work and home and getting things done and having lists set up so I could, you know, I knew about things like don't check your email first thing in the morning you know, just like go straight to your list and get those things done first. It's not always possible, particularly as people send stuff that you need to look at first. So I have changed that because that's a GTD thing is to do a scan of your emails first. So I do that now, Um, but it doesn't interfere. It only interferes with your priority list if it's actually urgent. And I think this is really important, this idea, what is urgent? Because the problem is with overwhelm is we're overwhelmed because everything's urgent and we can't in the end see the wood for the trees. And then we're just whack a moling it and we're on survival. And that's why we get snappy and grumpy and it's all miserable and we want our lives back, right? So the last episode gave you um, a way of going through in, a, in quite a big, deep way, which really is a one-off, but then you can just take little bits of it to, to check in with yourself. But it's mainly a one-off to get started. And it's about working out what is important to you. So if you went through that process or even part of it, or even just let my words wash over you, hopefully it, it's triggered the kind of thoughts about, is that really important to me? Is that really urgent? What do I really want to be doing with my time? And that helps you to prioritize. So I've been through the GTD coaching, but I already had stuff set up, which enabled me to be efficient, but there were still things I could make better. 
Some things I'd already made better because I'd burnt out, so I'd had to. So the thing is with burning out is it forces you, or at least it forced me, to prioritise different things. I could no longer get everything done or get all of those things done that I thought were so important. I just couldn't. I was incapable. I just couldn't do stuff anymore because I damaged my health, my confidence. I was crying at work. It was horrible. Um, so what we don't really we don't really want to do it that way so burnout taught me what's most important and i discovered that i'm most important my health is important my sanity is important getting things done is less important however i want all of it obviously that's the point right we want a full adventure we want to be living wholeheartedly living fully so what i want is systems set up that support me in doing that so when i started working with miles i'd already altered the systems from high productivity but high stress and um, not really able to switch off very well or having to have lots and lots of strict ways to switch off like sleep hygiene and oh it was really hard so one thing i want to mention is the compartmentalizing between home and work i had it set up but it wasn't working for me so one of the things i do work with people about is work-life leakage and that's when you your work is leaking into your life all the time or, or in, you know like in the middle of the night or you're bringing it home in your body with the stress or you're working at home or you'll think even if you're not bringing work home if you did what I learned to do which is leave work at work I still wasn't emotionally leaving it at work so what changed with burning out is I learned to do that because I had to to survive I had to heal to get better to be well to be functional I had to learn to just let go so that's a really important thing about last week's episode is what is important to you? It's, it's more of an emotional, it's a very deep exercise of going, this is important. I could let that go. This isn't my stuff. Oh, whoops. I've just, I've just accepted the slopey shouldering of somebody else's responsibility. Um, we were actually having a conversation over the weekend about this, about how um, it's very easy to end up hole filling and thinking that you're doing a good thing. So I know I did that a lot. And what you're actually doing is propping up a really rubbish system. And it's difficult to not hole fill because it's, it's not great, is it, to let other people not be, not receive what they need from a service, particularly a public service. But anyway, I think it's really interesting that some people are able to say, yeah, but I don't do that. I stick to what is my job and I'm not available to take on other people's work constantly. So the difference between occasionally stepping in to help and being the person, like I became the go-to person to get things done. So that meant that people were giving me work that wasn't mine and I was gladly accepting it because I enjoyed it and I loved it and I was good at it. But It wasn't healthy. So it's worth looking at that. So that was really last week's episode is really about getting you it was an invitation for you to look at that as a whole picture and that might just take a while because it's there's a lot in that you could do it as a one-off journaling thing or you can just let the the ideas wash over you and just see what comes up so this process for me of setting up the system I have now a lot of it was deep work deep work that happened on my healing journey healing recovering from burnout where I had to, I was forced to look at it, I was forced to, my body forced me to pay attention to it because I caused myself so much damage. 
So that stayed with me. Now, what I have noticed is that people who burn out often do it in a, a circle, like you just keep repeating it, because unless we really examine it and change that. So often people go through what they, they call. I've heard people say, oh, yeah, a couple of months ago, I was really burnt out. And yet they're continuing as they were before. So I would argue, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's just a semantics. But I would argue, is that a did you burn out? Because if you're still two months later, okay, you probably didn't actually burn out. Because to me, burnout is really dramatic, complete crash. Whereas that is just, that's surfing the verge of burnout. That's, that's, you've surfed it and then you've recovered and you'll probably surf it again, unless you change your way of thinking about things and the way of doing things. Possibly. I don't know. You get to, you'd get to decide that. I don't know where you are on your, obviously because I'm just talking to this lovely snowball microphone. So cute. Um, but if you recognise that pattern within yourself, then this whole month has been, was, this whole month is for any anybody, uh, any journey, but it's a real, it's really worth noticing. Am I surfing the verge of, break, of breakdown and burnout or um, not? And just noticing where you are with it all. And paying attention. So it's where it's really where our getting things done is about where is my attention going? Because whatever's pulling at my attention is going to get done, especially if it's irritating me, especially if it feels heavy. And I don't want to be pulled in lots of directions and doing things be, because it feels heavy and that the only way to feel better is to get it done. I don't want to live that way. I want to turn that upside down. That's the rebellion for me. So now, instead of doing it that way up and just being using productivity to be more efficient, what I do now is notice what I really want to do. So it's the opposite. So instead of doing things to get rid of a burden and a pressure, I'm mostly doing things because they light me up, because they energise me, because they're the best thing for me right now. And I would argue that I'm getting just as much done. I don't actually, that's in, actually saying that's really interesting. Am I getting just as much done? I don't know and I don't care. My entire life is functioning really well. I wrote a book. I, I have created a successful podcast. I, I'm a really good coach. I love my business. Am I doing everything perfectly? No. Am I successful? Yes. Could I be more successful? Of course, always. So there isn't an end, is there? And this is really important. There isn't an end. What we're doing is we're playing. We're playing with our attention. Where's my attention being hijacked? Do I want it hijacked or do I want to choose? And for me, the freedom is in the choice. I get to decide. Even the things that I feel I ought to, should do or have to do. I get to decide. So that's the power, isn't it? That's the power I want to get you to see through my journey is where are you giving away your attention? Where are you giving away your power to choose? Because it's the choice that makes us happy. Being able to say today, these are the things that matter to me. This is where I want to put my precious time, attention and energy. This matters to me. Because that horrible feeling of constantly postponing what matters to us is miserable and there's no need for it. Most of us do not live in situations where we are in that constant survival. Most people in the world no longer are, 
despite what we're told, most people are healthier and more prosperous than ever before. And there is plenty of opportunity to choose how we move through our day. And when we do that, we empower other people to do it. And we're also just nicer to be around. Like I'm snappy, a snappy monkey. If I feel like, oh, I've got to do that. I just, I just rebel against it. I didn't used to enough. And now I do. Now I'm just, but it's gentle. It's not, I don't get, I don't tend to get cross and stamp my feet anymore just because I don't need to. It's going, no, it's not what I want to do. What I'd really like to do is this. And if I'm not bothered, I'm just like, well, I don't mind. Because quite often I don't mind because I'm really happy because I'm having days that are satisfying. Now it doesn't mean every day is deeply satisfying. Every day I get everything done. No, this to me is not about ticking off a list. Yes, I do have a list because it helps my brain, it supports my brain in, in remembering and not going off tangents, getting excited, creating something else. And I do tick it off and that is satisfying, but it's not the getting things done. It's the how I get them done that gives me the satisfaction. It is not the ticking off of the list. It is the how I'm ticking off the list. It is what I'm choosing to put on the list in the first place. And then once you've got your list, so the list of things that matter to you, from there, that's how we can really bring in um, the techniques of GTD, at least the ones I was taught, because the, the thing I love about GTD is it's not a productivity system. It is a life system of freedom. And that's really important because I think it's, I thought before I was coached by Miles that GTD was a productivity system and it seemed really complicated. And I'd obviously got bits of it because stuff all filters through, doesn't it? Um, but but then I was coached in it and now I can see, ah, it's not about getting things done. It's about freedom. <laughs> it's so good. So, and it fits completely with the gentle rebel way, doing things your way with ease and fun and as much joy as possible. It completely fits because they're both really rebellious. So let's just start with what I did first. So the very first thing I did was understand that my mind is not for holding stuff in. Now, I think I kind of knew that, but I, th I think I was still in the psychologist ideas you can there's a limit to what you can hold in working memory but I was still unconsciously rehearsing things and keeping stuff in my mind so the first thing I did with Miles was for me this was my reaction so he taught me the GTT system the proper way and this is what I did personally so the very first thing I did was it was just completely accept and adore and explore the idea that my mind wasn't for holding stuff in oh my goodness I can't tell you that is as I said on the episode of Miles that changed my life because now I just question well I'm not holding that in my mind quick let's get that out so then the systems I have set up allow me to not hold things in in my mind now the only way you can do that is if the things you the systems you create feel safe because otherwise if they don't feel safely held they call it capture in the gtd system if it doesn't feel safe you're going to keep it in your mind as well because your your mind can only let go of something when it's it's like it's either finished or you know it's going to be done at a later date and it definitely will be it's safe a lot of the system for me is is just that feeling of freedom and safety so the two things i use for this are block pads which are um non-sticky sticky notes non-sticky sticky notes they're just 
<laughs> pads of sticky notes that don't have the glue. I don't want the glue. Um, and when I first started doing it, I bought one block and then I split it up and put one with a pen in every single room. And then I had a shoe box in my office and I already had a shoe box because somebody else had taught me that before. And then at the end of every day, you gather up all of the bits of paper and you put them in the shoe box and then you process them at some point. I can't even remember when you do it because I don't do it that way anymore. So I can't remember exactly what I was taught because I don't need to because I don't hold it in my mind. So this is how it works for me today. My rule is I don't hold stuff in my head, which is so good because then you're not rehearsing lists. You're not rehearsing conversations. You're not rehearsing stuff all the time. So what I use is two things because I am very much a pen and paper and a tech person. I'm both. I'm in between. So I use the Todoist app on all of my devices. So my laptop, my iPad and my iPhone. And if something comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to remember that. I need to get it out of my head. It goes straight in the Todoist app. If for some reason, oh, so I don't have tech in my bedroom at night and I don't like to look at tech in the evening you know there's times when I'm tech free which is really important to me then I use the block pad or if I'm nearer to the block pad then I'll just scribble it on the block pad but what I've noticed is I'm doing that less and less because I'm much faster at just going put it straight in the do to doist app and that works really really well for me now the next step in GTD is not just to write it down but is to what they call clarify so instead of writing a vague note I can't think of something now Oh, yeah. Like so instead of writing record this week's podcast, it, then clarifying that would be record the final episode, sharing your story about how you get things done the gentle rebel way. Because it's complete then. like my mind's not going to look at it and go, what was this week's episode about? And then go off and, you know, like searching for information. So it's the clarifying makes it even safer. And it also means that when you go to decide what you're going to do today or this week when so when you glance down the to-doist app you just go oh yeah I know what I'm doing you don't have to translate it if it's messy if it's too messy you can't translate it now I'll be honest with you I don't think I'm brilliant at that you know very I'm, I'm much more dedicated to just getting stuff out of my head than I am to making it easier to do it sometimes I've noticed what I do is I just dump it into the to-doist app or on the bit of paper and the bits of paper either get done or they go onto the Todoist app. Um, so everything is just getting done through these this method really simply. Often it's a complete mess in there. And then sometimes I'm going through it and I alter it to clarify it. Or when I take it out, it gets. So I'm not perfect at this stuff. And I think this is this matters. It's not about getting it right. It's about setting it up so it's just smooth for you. It's just it's either working for you or it's not. If you want to make it better, you can make it better. It's, it's just an ongoing, for me, it's about freedom. It's, it's just, right, I know everything that I want to get done. It's all recorded. I'm safe. I don't have to worry about it. The important stuff will get done. I can put, if I want to, I can put reminders and use the date thing. To do it is very good at that, actually. Um, you can use it to produce your day list. I don't at the moment, but I kind of see that I might start to. And then what I do is um, at the end of the day, I check everything's in it. So I can switch off and I write anything that I didn't finish today that is, is important to me. I write it for tomorrow. So it's just this continuation. But I'm using a pen and paper list um, in in the daytime. I also have, you know, as a working document because that's how I think. I think with a pen in my hand. I also have in front of me 
my cal written calendar. So I have, I <laughs> see I'm messy in between, between generations. I have a Google calendar and I have a written messy calendar. And I also have a weekly list which I do on a Friday when I do a Friday review. So I just quickly scan everything, tidy up and decide what are my priorities for next week. So that's how I manage the day to day to day stuff. I tend to keep a list in my workroom and a list downstairs of daily or weekly stuff that I just want to draw my attention to. So if I've got five minutes, not raining and I want to go in the garden, I can look at that list and go, oh, yeah, I just needed to take that out there. And I'm not having to think, remember to do this, remember to do that, because mine, our minds get so clogged up by all of this remembering. It's so heavy. So that's what I do. And it took a while to set up. Yes, I was coached through it. I really enjoyed being coached through it because there were things I didn't realise, things I couldn't see that Miles could see. And then he'd ask a question. I was like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. Oh, I could do it that way. Oh, and that's the power of coaching, right? Um, you don't need a coach. You can read the GTD book. You can just listen to this month's podcast and give it a go on your own. You don't need a coach. It's up to you. You can work out for yourself. Um, I really benefited from being coaching and I offer coaching for just focusing on this. So I call it rebellious focus when we just do a month and just get this set up for you get you really focused on what's important to you if you're interested in that then just book a curiosity call i've changed it i don't like discovery call i don't know why i really like the idea of curiosity call curious about working with me come and have a chat and have all your questions answered that's it really and it's fun i like fun anyway book a curiosity call and um if if you're interested in having support in setting this up because i'd love to help you because i'm passionate about it absolutely love it and I've got loads more knowledge and insight than I can possibly share even in a month theme of, of podcasting and yeah so there's an offer for you or go for it explore it on your own whatever works for you you can do this right so that's the day-to-day -day stuff and then there's for me a really important part which is the project list and you can put it inside the Todoist app. I found that didn't work for me. It's just not how I think. So the way I tend to do project, so that's like the bigger, the next level app is next level up. So it's where you're, what am I long term? What am I trying to finish? So for example, the straw bale build was a project, obviously. Um, the book was a project. You know, my current rebranding is a project. Um, there's lots of projects and they are big. So they don't fit in the Todoist app for, for me in the day to day thing, obviously, because they're bigger. So and they need sometimes just that I need for me. It's a oh, what do I really want to achieve this month or this quarter or this year? And then I just kind of journal my way to the messy thing. And it, oh, that's a project. OK, it's a project. So now I identify it. And the, the way I find this easy is I'm a bit croaky after all that singing yesterday. Funny. Right. The way I find this easiest is to get hold of a larger journal, hence the larger size, unexpectedly lovely journal, and just write um, on one page. These are my current projects. Sometimes I just get a load of stuff that's like really irritating me. It's like this keeps going. And then I, I, I brain dump that out and go, well, there's too many projects. You, I do believe in holding lots of things together and, and having the system set up. But if there's too many, it's just 
it's not necessary for me to have too many going on all at once. So some of them then get parked, particularly as, you know, here in the UK, the seasons change and they change quite rapidly. So something I was doing in the garden now is just it doesn't need to be held as a project. It can be moved to the spring and that's great. And then it's, so for me, it's the reviewing and catching up on, ah, oh, this is the time for this project. This feels right at this time of year. Now these things are in place. Now I've met these people with these connections. Now I've got this knowledge. Now I've done this. This is come. So it's for me, it's it's having all the projects recorded, but then picking the ones that feel easiest, most satisfying, most, oh, I really want to get that done, getting excited, and then picking the projects that I'm focusing on at the moment. And then what I do is just quite literally take a page in the A4 book, write projects, <laughs> projects for November 2022, fold the page over, it's all very old school, and then that's what I'm focusing on. And then on the next few pages, I take one page each for each project and write down what it looks like when it's finished, so I know what I'm aiming for, and also the steps that I think might be involved. And then I have a what they call a next action step, and that next action is what goes in the Todoist app with the all the other next, they're called next actions, obviously because that's what that's what the company miles works for so it's just you're clarifying things down to but what's the one next action i need to take so it's not messy so then my projects get done because they're held safely in a book because i think best with a pen in my hand but then there's only ever one tiny step that needs to be done next so instead of that concrete wall of I want to achieve this huge thing, it just becomes, okay, so what would it look like when it's finished? What will it feel like when it's finished? Why do I really want to do this? You know, is this something I want to do now? So I go through all of that with my messy journaling and then I there's one step and it, often it's a research step or talk to this person, you know, research that, blah, blah, blah. And that's so that's how I manage big projects. And that's how um, I think I did an episode on this in September, how we can do diff- how we can do hard things the gentle rebel way so just like holding lots of different projects at once but not having them heavily weighing and overwhelming you by using your mind to hold them so that's my basic system it's messy it's imperfect it works brilliantly for me it's based on rebelling against the idea that overwhelm is inevitable and that you, that's just the only way to get things done it's it's based firmly on the belief that overwhelm is the worst possible way for me to get things done i'm not open for overwhelm i'm not open for exhaustion i'm not interested in pressure guilt shame fear never make decisions from fear guilt and shame never make never get things done to reduce overwhelm getting things done is not the way to reduce overwhelm reduce the overwhelm first then focus on getting the things done that matter most to you because that's when you feel most alive most healthy most well most satisfied um, and you're more fun to be around and the world just gets better and better because when everybody is doing things from a place of this is who i am there's nothing wrong with me i love myself I'm not judging myself. From there, we stop judging each other. <laughs> we think whenever I'm getting judgy about somebody else, oh, that's a reflection. Where am I? What am I not accepting about myself? What am I irritated with about myself if I'm getting judgy and snappy about somebody else? And I just always see it as a mirror now and go, oh, why are you getting judgy? I don't like that. That's okay. You don't like that. Now you've got some clarification about what you do like and what you do want and what makes you happy. And that's important. 
and then you can let that irritation go because it's actually nothing to do with you somebody else's business so that's my story with gtd getting things done and yeah i really hope that's helpful for you as you can see it's not a strict productivity system it's much more based on what matters to you and how you set it up is important how you do things it's all about how 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 we do things it's gently rebellious because it is about fulfillment taking good care of yourself doing the things that light you up and matter to you it's about controlling your attention connecting to your heart listening to your body and then using a system set up in a way that matches you at this point in your life so i hope that's helpful love to hear how you get on any questions just email me um, and obviously if you'd like to come and work with me and be coached through this then just get in contact have a great week Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do take a little moment of your time to share it, like it, etc. to help other people find it. And if you'd like to know more about my work, please go to www.tidymark.co.uk.